Cabo Nation, what up, what up, what up everyone? Welcome to episode 114, that's right, episode 114 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Also, if you would like to become a Combo's Court patron and support this podcast even further, I'll leave a link in the description for that. You can even get a Combo Statue membership where you'll have access to Patreon-only, exclusive podcast episodes. Today's show, Tomer Azerly, credential beat writer covering the LA Clippers for Clutch Points, joins in. Follow Tomer on Twitter at Tomer Azerly. That's T-O-M-E-R-A-Z-A-R-L-Y. You know you could follow me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's... Get into it. Luca on the track. So Mara Azarli, credentialed beat writer who covers the Clippers for Clutch Points. Welcome to Combo Score, man. How you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. How about yourself? Thanks for having me, by the way. I appreciate that. Um, oh, anytime, I'm... anytime. How how has life changed for you now that Kawhi is in LA, PG 13s in LA, and uh, the Clippers are title contenders? How, how have things been for you? Are things busier? Um, media scrums are insanely busier. Um, you know, practices, shoot arounds, pregame, postgame press conferences. Uh, Los Angeles has been a mess uh, in terms of that. Uh, LA, as you know, is one of the you know basketball capitals in terms of. Uh, right. Biggest markets. So there's, you know, there's there's a lot of small time uh, reporters, big time reporters, national reporters, uh, any anyone you want and are looking for, you'll find them here. So it's been busy. Uh, it's been fun, though. I'll tell you that it's been uh, it's been a whirlwind, but it's been really fun so far. I think busy is good. Um, as a credentialed beat writer, uh, what's your day like on game day? Well, we, we have uh, we have morning shoot around at around 1045. Uh, the team will, you know, go through a, a quick walkthrough uh uh, very keeping it light, obviously. Um, you know, we'll, we'll speak with some of the guys. Uh, for the Clippers, they don't have Coach Doc Rivers speak pregame. He talks uh, – sorry, they don't have him speak at shoot-around because he speaks pregame. Uh, so we'll get a couple of the players pre uh, at shoot-around, uh, you know, go back home, maybe catch a nap, uh, prepare some right. some game notes, stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, L.A. traffic is a thing. So um, oh, man. You know, about, about an hour and a half – you know, the game starts at 7.30 – uh, but Doc Rivers, the head coach, speaks pregame at around uh, 5.45, an hour and 45 before. So I got to be in the arena by 5. Um, you know, so I'm leaving my place at like 4, 3.45, 4 p.m., about an hour drive, uh, you know, prepping at Staples Center, uh, whether it's articles, notes, videos, stuff like that, just preparing for the game. Um, and then you have, obviously, the pregame stuff where Doc Rivers speaks uh, – then you have the opposing coach speaks, then the locker room opens up for about 25 to 30 minutes. Uh, and some of the players who are in there are available to talk. It, it's an interesting scene. It's, uh, you know, guys are locked in, but a lot of them are also, um, you know, going about their days, just, you know, relaxing up until the game starts. Uh, you know, from there on, it's just, you know, doing some final preparations, grabbing some, you know, lunch, a couple dessert maybe if you, if you already had uh, dinner. Cool. Um, and then, yeah, and then it's game time. Nice. I mean, speaking of Doc Rivers, it seems like he, he wasn't too fond of the coach's challenge. Um, now he likes it all of a sudden. I don't know. You know, well, he won how, one. That's why. 
how how have the players been receiving it? How have the coaches been receiving it? What do you think about the coaches' challenge? I find it interesting because in the D League, they're kind of going the opposite way. Uh, data has shown that fans don't like game stoppage, even on free throws. So it's funny that the league went the right. other way with the coaches' challenge. I, I just find that ironic. Well, I think that you know, I think the important thing to remember is that we want to, you know, we want to get calls right. The NBA wants to get calls right. Right. You know, you don't want to go back on the last two minute report or something like that and be like, oh, we missed this call. We missed this call. Um, so, you know, there's, there are a lot of things that refs can't see in real time. It's, it's humanly impossible to catch everything. Yes. Uh, so, you know, players who are in front, uh, have a good view of it. And I think that's allowed some players to go, you know what? I know who that went off of review that, or I know that I did not foul him review that, uh, you know, big, big case happened the other night when the Clippers fouled, uh, Danilo Gallinari of the Thunder on a drive to the basket that would have given him two free throws and a chance to, to win the game. Uh, it was, it was fouled by Mo Harkless on a reach, but upon review, they reviewed, they saw that he got ball and the hand. And as you know, hand is part of the ball uh, on the strip. So they deemed it no foul uh, ball out of bounds to OKC, which OKC then missed a, a game winning shot and the Clippers ended up winning. So it's stuff like that, that, you know, can change the call, uh, change, change the way of the game. Um, you know, so far there've been, I believe it's 135, Coaches challenges so far this year. Yeah. Um, 52 of them have been successful. Uh, 83 have been unsuccessful, uh, if this data is correct. Uh, the majority of them are, are on foul calls. 113 are on foul calls. Uh, you know, there's some basket interference, goaltending ones, it's about six of them. And then out of bounds calls, it looks like there's 16 of them so far this year. You know, a lot of these unsuccessful ones are coming on fouls where, you know, players, you know, as a player, you know, guys never foul. They always say they right, never right. foul, but, they, but it ends up being a foul. So a lot of them are coming on 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 foul calls, but uh, it's an, it's been interesting. I, I don't mind the stoppages. I, I I really personally just care about getting the calls right. That that's what matters to me. Right. I just don't know from a fan's perspective if it's fun for them to watch people on TV watching a screen. That that, that is a good point, and the NBA has made you know a priority to to speed up games and not to lengthen them out. Um, so. You know, they, they've improved that by having guys in the replay center, you know, ready to make these calls. By the, by the time the refs are going up to the monitors, boom. For the most part, it's, it's, it's mostly you can tell what happened and, you know, what the call is going to be. Um, again, if I'm a fan, it's tough, but you want to get, you know, you don't want your team screwed over by a bad call. Right. Uh, you know, something that may have been obvious. Like as a fan, like I remember when I was a fan, there were some things that I was like, wait, that was that was a foul. That was out of bounds. You know, like I wouldn't have minded waiting another minute or two to get that call. Right. Because that's an extra possession right there. It's an extra two free throws. Uh, right. It's just it's just those could things change matter the whole game. game. Could, change, yeah, the whole could game. change the whole game. We yeah. saw it the other night against the Clippers and Thunder. It was, it was a big, big call. Um, so I don't really mind it. I feel for the fans. I know they want to speed up the game, but I think it is what it is. It's, it's, it's interesting as long as, you know, refs are willing to admit that they're wrong. You know, if if it was a missed call, um, I think it's good. I, I don't really mind it. And they're only giving coaches one per game. So whether you're wrong or right, so it's not that bad. All right. You finally got to see PG-13 and um, Kawhi on the same floor. PG-13 said there would be growing pains on the defensive side. I, didn't, I don't think there'll be any growing pains. It seems pretty elite to me. What was your feel? What was your read on it when you got to see them play together? Did you like the chemistry? Did you see the chemistry? I, I like the chemistry. Um these two guys are two superstars who can fit into any system seemingly True. without, without any issue. It's not like they're a ball dominant guy. You know, both can play off the ball. Both can play absolutely stellar defense. So it's not like they they're left, you know, trying to figure out where they fit. Um, 
I will say, though, that, you know, Paul likes the ball in certain spots. Kawhi likes the ball in certain spots. Uh, so I think from that aspect, they still have some figuring out to do in terms of where, uh, you know, like, for example, yesterday they had five turnovers in the final minute of the second quarter. And it was just really unforced, sloppy turnovers because guys didn't know where they want the ball. And they were just trying to, you know, do too much in terms of, you know what, I, I want to I be passive. I want to get the guys involved instead of like, hey, you're freaking Paul George. Go score the basketball. So I think from that aspect, it'll improve. Uh, you know, these are guys who are very unselfish, but also guys who can go get buckets whenever they want. Go get teammates involved whenever yes. they want. Uh, so it, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a problem. I, I was really happy with what I saw because, you know, Paul hasn't been there defensively so far. He's still working through his conditioning and all that. Uh, so I think he'll be there soon. Kawhi is dealing with the knee contusion. They're both still on minutes restrictions about the 28 to 30 minute range. They both played about 37, 38 yesterday because of an overtime game. But I, I like I like where they're at. You know, this team is still going to figure out where they like each other offensively with Montrezl Harrell on there. The pick and roll with the Vita Zubats is, is really good. Patrick Beverly is is a force, you know, on, yes. on both ends. So um, this this team will be fine. You just got. I think the key is just repetition. Playing together is the only thing that can really get these guys accustomed to one another. Playing a lot, playing heavy minutes, playing through you know rough stretches, playing through good stretches, blowout wins, blowout losses, whatever it is, just playing through all those. Repetition is the key for them. You say a knee contusion. Uh, when you watch Kawhi play it seems like he's almost limping at times and then he'll make like a spectacular play. It's kind of unbelievable. He did it in the finals. Are you hearing anything around the team? Uh, you know, you're in the mix. Do you hear anything about another injury that might be there? Kawhi's dealing with, I think it was a something with his tendon, tendonitis in his, in his left knee. That was what the NBA called it a couple of weeks ago when they put out a statement uh, about Kawhi Leonard and, and, you know, some of the medical records. Look, I think this is going to be a year long thing. Uh, I yeah. think, I think it's, I think it's going to be a career long thing for Kawhi. Uh, yeah, I don't think he'll ever play 82 again. And I don't know if he needs to. Yeah. The only way I could see him playing 82 is if they, you know, sort of eliminate the preseason and stretch out the preseason, like get uh, three extra weeks of actual 82 game action, regular season action, it's instead of the preseason, uh, where then you reduce back-to-backs drastically, where you might not even have back-to-backs in that aspect. Um, you get guys more time to rest in between because you, it, it's – it's proven that these some of these guys are not performing to the best of their ability because of the back-to-back nature, because they're not sleeping as well, because they're not eating as well. Uh, so I think spacing out the games and allowing guys to properly prepare themselves every week or every day is the best way to make these guys, you know, perform at the highest level. So uh, as far as Kawhi goes, I think he'll be fine. Uh, the other one, I think he just bumped knees with someone against the Houston Rockets last week and had to uh, take a couple games off till the bruising uh, subsided. But yeah, other than that, this will be a year-long thing for Kawhi where they rest him in back-to-backs, and he'll he'll see how he feels. Right now, he said the doctors are not prescribing playing in back-to-backs. Uh, they're not suggesting it at all. And look, if you're Kawhi Leonard, you're a two-time Finals MVP. Load management worked for you last year. Yeah. Um, there's no reason to change that. Uh, you know, the Clippers will be a top six seed, probably top five seed. Um, and Doc Rivers actually said this the other day. He's never going to take home court advantage over health. Health is the number one priority, and it should be. Because when you have a healthy Kawhi Leonard and a healthy Paul George, uh, I'm not sure who's stopping this team in a seven-game series. In the long run, it's you just have a better chance to win a championship when your players are rested. Just the mm-hmm. only thing is the fan side when you have a national TV game and then Kawhi's not playing and ratings are already down. Why do you feel ratings are down? I think a big part of it is because it isn't a dynasty, and I think people actually like dynasties. Everybody was saying how parity is good. I'm not so sure about that. Ratings are down. Why do you feel ratings are down? 
That's an interesting one. Um, I think there is no like one key dominant team. I think that is a big a big factor in it. Uh, you know, the Warriors were must see TV every time they took yeah. the floor for the last three years. Like you could not miss a game because Kevin Durant could go out for fifty. Clay, we saw could go for fifty whenever he wanted. Yeah. Steph was, yeah. you know, even Draymond. Sometimes his antics were just entertaining to watch. Uh, so that team was must see TV. Right, right. Um, you know, Kyrie and LeBron on the same team were must see TV. I would say. Um, I don't know what to really pinpoint to it now, other than there's a lot of streaming options nowadays. Yeah. Um, I know I know the league pass isn't isn't the best. Um, it's kind of buggy, so people don't really like using that as far as the fans go. Um, but I, I, it's hard to really pinpoint why, why that is right now. But I think the dynasty aspect of it is a big factor. Um, I also want want to say you know New York again, one of the bigger teams is just you know not good right now. Yeah, to say the uh, least. You know, Chicago, another big market. They're not good. Yeah. Uh, so I think those those definitely – you know, the league is most successful when the Celtics, the Lakers, the Knicks are playing well. Um, when those three teams play well, those are just – even Chicago. Those are just – you know, the NBA is just a bigger – it just seems to grow even bigger in my opinion. Uh, so when those teams struggle, it's a little tough. But, uh, yeah, that, that's what I have to say in terms of why they're struggling. Right. Well, there's two teams in L.A. doing really well. Who would be your MVP just out of the teams in LA? Currently or at the end of the year? Currently. Uh, I mean, it's probably LeBron James. Yeah, uh, I think he took LeBron the reins on that been, offense. Yeah. He has been on a tear and he's he's just taken over the offense. I don't even know what you can say about him. He just became the first player ever to have a triple double against every single team in the NBA. Uh, he's leading the league in assists uh, with what is it? I think about 11 and a half uh, a game. So, yeah, 11, 11 assists a game, averaging 25 points, shooting almost 50%. Uh, Lakers are the best record at, I think it's 13-2 and two or 12-2. And, um, and he's doing it with ease. Um, it yeah. doesn't look like he's struggling to – I know he's, he's made a whole thing about the whole washed king thing. And, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know where yeah. that came from necessarily. Well, I think but... people – I think he heard a lot of people calling him washed. So, it's a way for – it's, it's motivation. I, it's motivation. I understand, you know, whatever you need to feel yourself. But LeBron is good yeah. enough to – like, I never thought – you know, I thought he may have lost maybe a step, but I thought this was always possible from him. And we're seeing him do it right now. 25, 11, eight rebounds. I mean, he's just doing with ease. He hasn't rested a single game yet. He looks really good on both ends. That's the key thing. He's really putting in an effort defensively. Um, yeah, right now he's my MVP in terms of the L.A. teams. He's He's been phenomenal. Yeah, Dev, I agree. I agree 100%. I think many thought Anthony Davis was going to be the MVP, even for the Lakers. Um, I mean, he is LA. good. He is good. He is re- he's been really good. He's been really consistent. He, I think he's leading the league in blocks right now. Uh, but just Yeah, def- he's their defensive anchor. What LeBron sure. is doing is just uh, – it's, it's insane. You're 17, leading the league in assists, while averaging 25. Uh, it's, just, it's just insane. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony, man, uh, you know – he did a good job of posting videos, his workout videos. I always thought Carmelo would benefit more from a strength and conditioning guy than a, than a skill trainer. Um, I don't know what he's doing on his free time. Maybe he is working with him. But the feet don't look like they're moving the way they should be, in my opinion. I could be wrong because I was really happy to see him on uh, starting for the Blazers. Like, when I saw that, like, it, it just – it made me happy. Yeah. And I wanted to see him back in the yeah. league. Um, do you feel that this experiment with Carmelo on the Blazers will work? Uh, it's hard to tell, honestly, but if you look at where the Blazers are in terms of the standings, uh, I don't think they have very many choices. They, they don't have four. They lost both their power forwards in the offseason, Mo Harkless and Al Farouk Aminu. They need a four man. 
Um, someone who can, you know, play in pick yeah. and rolls, who can hit the outside Kevin Love, shot. Kevin Love would be great. Kevin Love would be great. They had Zach Collins, but he went down yeah. with an injury. Uh, you know, Portland's yeah. five and ten. They're the third worst record in, in the Western Conference. Um, I think the experiment is at least worth a try. I will say that. Uh, you know, his first game, he was four or fourteen from the field, had ten points, didn't look that great. But again, first game in three hundred and seventy-six days, I think it was what it was. Like you cannot expect a man to come out and play well in his first game like that. Uh, tonight he's playing all right. I mean, ten points, three of nine shooting, a, a pair of three pointers. So, um, I think I think it was worth worth it for Portland to try out. Uh, especially, you know, Dame is out now as well. Mario Hazonia is not playing well. They they really just don't have anybody at the four, and they're undersized if they go small. So it's just they had to try something. And uh, I'm I'm honestly just rooting for Melo in in the sense that you know he he kind of got a bad rap on the way out. You know, like the Rockets made him the yeah. scapegoat for their for their failures and it just it didn't sit right even though we knew Melo wasn't you know the best player it didn't sit right that he he left that way that they, yeah. they really kind of did him dirty I, um yeah i think it's i think that's why i felt good about him being back like it was just a good feeling you know it was good for the league it was yeah good for exactly him. exactly and even if it doesn't work out all right at least you can say he tried he went out on his terms and, and you move on you know they gave him a non-guaranteed deal there's no risk for portland here uh carmelo gets a shot to prove that he can still play um so it's good to see from that aspect. I really hope he succeeds. Um, I don't know if he will, uh, but I hope he does. Right. So I was the guy. Uh, my listeners are sick of hearing me say this. I was the guy <laughs> telling everybody that Doncic was going to be the best player in the draft. Uh, people were yelling at me. He was too slow. <laughs> you can only do that in Europe. <laughs> That's what they were telling me, man. I believe it. I believe me. it. Um, <laughs> is Doncic the best 20-year-old we've ever seen? I think probably LeBron is the only one that we could really compare. Well, Magic did win a championship, right? And yeah. he played an incredible yeah. uh, finals game where he took Kareem's spot when he was about 19, I think. But is Doncic the best 20-year-old we've ever seen in this league, in your opinion? I mean, in my lifetime, he is. I mean, what can he do? Yeah. Seriously, what can he do on the right. court? He's doing everything. He's carrying, absolutely carrying this uh, this Mavs team right now. Um uh, I was actually one who, you know, the Clippers had a pair of draft picks uh, late in the, in the, in the uh, lottery last year where they picked uh, Shea Gilders and Jerome Robinson. And, uh, you know, there were talks about them trying to move up in the draft to draft Luka. Um, you know, and I didn't think it would be possible because they had to give up a lot for Luka. But, um, you know, this, this is exactly why I thought and why many thought they should have, you know, people should have traded up to get him. Uh, I mean, just look at his last few games, 35, 10, 11, 42, 11, and 12, 26, 15, and 7. He's just getting triple-doubles on the nightly and leading the Mavericks to wins, in, you know, by doing so. They beat the Warriors by 48 last night. He had 35, 10, and 11, in 25 minutes. That's just – it's just absurd what he's doing. The game he had against the Lakers, um, 31, 13 rebounds, 15 assists. He's just doing it all for them. You know, I think he still needs to work on his defense, obviously. Uh but yep. look, you can't expect much of a twenty-year-old. But he's just been—he's just been phenomenal. I, I can't say—you can't say enough good things about him. He's been—he's been absolutely amazing to watch. He's must-see TV. I have League Pass strictly to watch Luka Doncic for the most part. Uh, he's just been—I know a lot of people who do it as well. He's just been amazing. Uh, he's so fun to watch. Yeah, it's scary. I mean, you say defense, which he could get better on defense. That means there's room there's room for improvement. Also, as a shooter, he's going to become a better three-point shooter. I mean. He gets it all so fluidly. Uh, the percentages don't match like, how his jump shot looks and how easy he gets it off. So the really the scary part of it is that he's going to get. Yeah, better. I mean, he's shooting 40, 49 percent from the field, uh, 30, 34 yeah. percent from three. So those numbers are great, but they're solid considering the volume that he takes. It. I mean, he's averaging 20, 20 shots a game, 
He's shooting nine three-pointers a game. Uh, you know, for the free throw line, he's 81% this year. He's been, he's, been, he's been amazing. I mean, obviously, the defense is something he's going to have to work on. But as far as offense, I mean, he might actually be able to carry this team to the playoffs. Like, I, I said it pre, preseason, but I didn't know if he could do it for the length of the season. Yeah, what's crazy is he's doing it, and Porzingis is not even – he doesn't even have his legs under him yet. He's going to get yeah, even better, too. Back. So, I think they will make the playoffs. They're still figuring out yeah. how to play with one another. Again, they're 13 games into their, you know, relationship together on, on the court. Um, you know, Porzingis is, what, 18 points, nine rebounds, uh, two blocks a game, a couple assists. Uh, he's shooting 40%. Yeah. That's well below his average of about 44%. So, look, his numbers are going to climb. They're going to figure out how to play with one another. Yeah. Just like Kawhi and PG, these two are um, – you know, if I, had to, if I had to talk duos, I mean – well, you got LeBron, AD, Kawhi, PG, Harden, Westbrook, and then is is it probably Luca and 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 Porzingis? Maybe I mean, in terms of their potential, their age, there's just how they fit. Luka's how 20 they fit? Because Porzingis you know, is 24. That's incredible. Yeah, Porzingis is a lob threat. He could catch and shoot threes. Exactly. Yep. And he's a defensive anchor. I mean, he just fits so mm-hmm. well with Doncic. With with Doncic's yeah. vision. I I just hope Porzingis becomes more of an offensive player than you know. I've seen a, I've seen a few will, signs of you know a bit of a surge of Baca in terms of the catch and shoot, no real post moves. So I need we need to see some more development from him in terms of becoming a you know face up guy driving to the basket, some more post moves. That's when we see yeah. that from Porzingis, the Mavs are going to be scary. Definitely, I agree. Luca's scary. The Mavs will be scary. Tomer, uh, thanks for being here. You're always welcome back on the show. Where can we find? Uh, you? you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. That's at T O M E R A Z A R L Y on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, tweet a lot about the Clippers and, you know, a bit about the NBA in general. But, um, yeah, for the most part, we'll be writing about the Clippers day to day. So, um, yeah, follow me there. Thanks, Tomer. You're always welcome back on the show. Appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Thank you. There it is. Episode 114 of Combos Court is in the books. Thanks for listening and big shouts to Tomer for joining in. We appreciate you. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. Check out our Patreon page as well. Link will be in the description for that. Take a screenshot of this episode. Post it on your IG stories. Tag me at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Be on the lookout for episode 115. Combo out.